Should they or should they not be paid? That is the question. We're talking about college athletes today on the Game Time Guru. So, what time is it? Game Time Boom! Everybody. Welcome back to the Game Time Guru. I'm your host, Shane Larson. And before we get started, as always, I just want to let you guys know that you can find me on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Google Play Music. I'm on Anchor if you want to go over there and uh, interact with me on a daily basis. You can also find me on Twitter at the Game Time Guru. And you can find me on Instagram at Game Time Guru. Now, I'm back in the house with Miles. Uh, you guys know Miles. He's been on the show twice now. And I just want to say welcome back. Thanks for coming on to the show as always. Hey, thanks for having me, man. It's great to be back. I, I enjoy these so much that I actually started my own podcast because of you. So thanks for that, man. Dude. Okay. 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 So let's tell the listeners about your podcast. You said you started one. I want everybody to know what you've been doing in the last couple of weeks and what you got going on. Uh, well, it's a bad podcast. It's not very good, but it's, it's called it's called 60 Days to Living. I actually have a YouTube channel where I go out and show like the side hustles I'm doing, trying to make extra money um, just for fun. And uh, But yeah coming on here and doing these things like, man, I really like podcasting boys like listening to him. So I decided, Hey, you know what? I'm going to start my own podcast, 60 days to living. You can find it on iTunes anywhere else. I have no idea yet. I'm still trying to figure that crap out, but you can find it 60 days to living. So, um, go look it up on iTunes, Apple podcasts. You can find it. It's actually really interesting. And his vlog is on YouTube. Is it the same name? 60 yeah. days yep. to living, 60 days to living. Cool. And then what about any social media? Do you, ha- you have an Instagram account? I do have a, so- I do have a Instagram account, 60 days to living. Everything's the same, but I have Facebook 60 days to living. Don't really do much on there, but most of it is on YouTube and Instagram. So go take a look if you guys want. Awesome. Yeah, he's got good work out there. Go check it out. 60 Days to Living. And so, school's starting up this week, okay? Um, I've been at work, and a couple of my friends are going back to school. And it's really happy for me. It's a happy time because it's the first time in my life that I don't have to go back to school. Isn't it amazing? Yes. It's been about a year, over a year and a half for me since I had to go back to school, and it's been the best. It's an amazing feeling. And I'm still kind of in shock. Um, but it got me thinking about my you know, college experience. And you and I have been friends for a long time. So uh, we actually went through the college realm together. Just kind of, we understand what each other went through. And we had unique experiences in our own way. But your experience in college was unique. Um, and I want you to talk about that for the listeners to get us started here. Um, can you talk about how you like went through college? What was your college experience like uh, compared to maybe the, the normal, traditional, quote unquote, student? Yeah, so when I, before I even started college, I had a goal like, okay, here's my goal. I am not going to take out any student loans. I'm going to pay for everything out of pocket. That was a goal that I had from the beginning. And so, you know, I wasn't living on campus. I wasn't, you know, hanging out down at school or anything like that. It was I, maybe non-traditional is what you call me. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you go to school and there's the older people who are coming back to school. Those are non-traditional. I consider myself a non-traditional student. You know, I was going early in the morning and late at night. And the reason being is I was working full time during the day. So work full time, uh, got married, same thing. My wife and I were like, hey, we're not going to take out any student loans. She did the same thing, went to school super early in the morning or super late at night and worked full time. So both of us worked full time. Dude, so you had, there were times um, when you were at school, like you had to work your schedule around it. Like you just made it happen. 100%. And do you remember when you told me you, you parked, like you found you were parking at the park that was across the school and you took a nap or slept in the morning in the car over there or something? Yeah. 
So you had to find ways to make it happen. You were tired, but you made it happen working it around your schedule. Yeah. So like I had my first class one semester was at seven in the morning. And then my last class got out at 10, 15. Like, so I got up, I went to the gym, then I went to class and then I went to work and then I went to class and then I went to class and then I went home and took a nap to go back to the gym, to go back to class and repeat. So, I mean, like it was... That semester was crazy hard on me and not so much my marriage because my wife's super supportive, but it was just, it was a hectic semester. That's disgusting. I remember, um, (laughs) yeah, I don't miss school in that sense because of the fact of like working all the time and always having to to adjust the schedule around it. Um, Do you think you learned a lot from that experience though, being able to manage getting all that done? Like when you got out of school, did it almost seem like you didn't have anything to do because you had so much time. So now you could like occupy that time with other things. Yeah, like my life, I don't like, this isn't, it, it was almost boring. Like it was like, right. I only have eight hours that I need to occupy in a day now. Instead of, you know, 18, I now only have eight that I need. Like, that's all that I have allotted is eight hours a day. What am I going to do with the rest? So it was awesome. Yet at the same time, I was like, well, what do I do? Exactly. I'm in the same boat. I understand that because that was one of my biggest fears when I graduated in May. Um, I was like, okay, I need to find something to do with the rest of my time before I get too comfortable having so much time to do nothing. So I wanted to be able to like, just do things. That's why I kind of started the the podcast and made sure I was still going with it. Little things like that, because yeah, during college, it was a grind is going to work, going to school, come home, go to work, go to school, come home and gym every once in a while in the middle of that. So anyways, I'd like to take a step back real quick and maybe discuss some of the expenses and break it down to actual numbers so that the listeners can have a realistic viewpoint of, you know, what the expenses were for you since you were a non-traditional student. And let's start with the gas money because you mentioned, and I know you personally, but you guys had to drive to school back and forth, back and forth. Um, Like just starting with gas money and then maybe some of the other expenses that you had while you were going through your college career. See, we didn't have the luxury of living on campus. Right. No one paid for us to live on campus. We had to drive there. So my wife and I, literally, we both fill up our cars once a week. So that's $60 a week. And so let's say, minus the school year, let's pretend we spent $35 a week times 52 weeks on gas. That's $1,820. So I'm probably just ranting. I'm so sorry. But... I want to hear it. So after gas and all that other stuff we're left with seventy five hundred eighty dollars then utilities cost us hundred and twenty dollars a month between the two of them times twelve that's fourteen hundred and forty dollars okay so that's zero that's four that's one so we're left with sixty one hundred dollars then we have to buy computers and stuff for school like yeah. each year like pretty much you have to buy a new piece of technology you don't have to but let's say that's a thousand dollars so now i'm left with five thousand one hundred and forty dollars i haven't even touched on groceries groceries three hundred dollars a month like that that's what it is um and let's say three hundred dollars a month that's thirty six hundred dollars a year okay but you know what let's say we only spent two hundred dollars a month so that's twenty four hundred so fifty one hundred four forty bucks minus twenty four hundred dollars zero four three so I'm left with $2,700, $2,740. That's what I'm left with. And then there's all those other expenses, right? right? Like my wife needs clothes. She needs shoes. She's a woman. So she needs these types of things that like I don't necessarily need. Like I don't think I bought any new clothes while I was going to school. My, I don't know why I'm talking to you, Mike. I'm sorry. But like my wife had to buy those things. And then makeup's not cheap for women. Like if anyone's married or you're a woman, you realize how expensive makeup is. Yeah. Like So I'm left with $2,700 okay, to live off of, to go enjoy my life, to go do these things, right? Like we can't just be hermits and live inside our house. Like 
that's what life costs. Like, I'm sorry, and I'm probably undershooting, like, because I guarantee, oh, yeah. like, this two thousand dollars, two thousand of this twenty seven hundred probably went to eating out at fast food restaurants, which players are doing as well, which other people are doing as well. Yeah. So, like, oh, not to mention, uh, I buy season tickets to Boise State, so I spent five hundred bucks there. Did you ever get paid by the university when you were were in school? Never, <laughs> never got paid. Like, why? What? what never. What's the deal? Uh, well, I don't. Well, a, I wasn't a student athlete. B, I wasn't smart enough to get any scholarships. But like, my wife and I were in that funky range where we made too much to to get any grants or any aid or anything like that and so like it just it didn't seem fair because I had friends that weren't making that much money but were getting all this help from school and then they were still like doing more than my wife and I but they didn't even have jobs and so my wife and I were working our tails off like I remember one summer I was going to summer school I was going I was working at the time and then like in between those times where I actually had some time to myself, I was going out and I was digging trenches for cash under the table. I was demoing buildings for cash under the table. I was doing things on the side to make money to allow my wife and I to actually go out on a date and do these things. So like we didn't get any help from school because like I, maybe I'm not supposed to go off on this rant, but like I want to hear it. So four years of school. All right. Or right. So that's eight semesters. And at Boise State, it's about $4,000 a semester after you take in consideration of tuition and books. And so, parking. Parking's and, and parking, disgusting. Uh, unless you're broke, so you find ways around parking. <laughs> so, like, four times eight is $32,000. And then there's two of us, my wife and I. That's $64,000 out of our pocket, right? And so, like, we're still in school. We have these jobs. They're not like, it's not like my wife and I were like, making minimum wage we're making okay money but not not great but we're just making like decent money that put us in that awkward position like i said to not get any help and so like we would pay for rent we would pay for groceries we'd pay for car insurance we'd pay for gas and we pay for you know the everything that happens in a month right okay somehow my wife runs out of shampoo mascara and conditioner in the same month that's four hundred dollars it seems like so you're paying for those things and then any money you'd have left over, you put in a savings account because you're going to be paying that to the school each semester. And so, like, after all those things we pay for each month, and then after we pay for school, it's like, well, we're out of money. Like, it was just... I get you. Yeah, there's no money. Like, and so, I'm super excited to talk about this topic. Like, I'm not, like, passionate. I am passionate about it just because I just, I feel there's so much, like, I just don't feel people are thinking of everything when it comes to this topic. Well, that's perfect though. That's why I brought you on here because, because of the experiences you've had and the fact that you're a sports fan, I brought you on here because at times, especially with this topic, people don't think logically. Uh, they just start, they speak emotionally and I, and they don't really dive into it. I might be speaking emotionally just so you know. Well, your emotions are based on um, your education because you actually are knowledgeable about the topic. So we're going to talk about it today, guys. Um, we're diving into the world of whether or not college athletes should be paid. So in my last semester of school, I, I had the opportunity to have, you know, a couple of my classes. I had a lot of athletes from Boise State University. A lot of I had about six players on the football team in one of my classes. And then I had one of the high profile basketball players in my other class. And I got to see them every day. Our class started at nine o'clock in the morning. One of them did. And the other one was at like 11 or 1045 or something. And um it seemed like every time I was in class, they were always coming from a workout. They were always coming from their training or something like that. And they kept talking about how how busy their days were because 
on average, apparently a student athlete will go 40 hours a week of training when they're not supposed to really go over 20. They typically go roughly 39 to 42 hours, according to USA Today, of training each week on top of their school. But they'd be talking about that. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know, kind of like you were talking about, like, but I'm like, are you kidding me? I, I just went to work, got there at six in the morning. Uh, I worked two hours, came to school. I'm going to head right back to work from one o'clock to five. And then I'm going to go to my night class tonight. So don't, don't, complain to me about this so I, I had that opportunity to kind of connect with these these players and and see what their point of views were but this topic of whether or not they should be paid came up quite a bit okay um, let's talk about scholarships so one of the biggest arguments that comes up is the fact that you know these college athletes they get most of them will get a scholarship whether it be a full ride or a partial scholarship I mean there's a few walk-ons here and there but typically the schools are paying their education um, do you want to touch base on that? Like how much that would typically cost? Like on average in, in your own mind, you kind of already talked numbers a little bit. Um, what, what do you think would be, let's just talk about Boise state. Like you just mentioned, um, what do you think the average scholarship would be for Boise state if they get paid to come and play football? Oh, like what I think the student athletes getting paid. Yeah. As far as what's the money the school's giving that athlete to come to the school to play football, they're getting a scholarship. How much do they pay for room and board? How much do they pay for books? And on average, I have no idea, but I mean, like, so a semester is probably going to be four grand, mm -hmm. right? And then you got to take into into account living, um, which is rent and food mm -hmm. and all those different things. Uh, I mean, a student athlete, uh, I wouldn't have the slightest idea. Well, you're right on there. The only thing I think that uh, we're missing is the room and board is typically around $10,000. Uh, per year so they get ten thousand dollars that's just for that's for room and board okay so that's it's their room and board that so i mean that's what the value is i guess they, they don't get it in check but that's like the value of their okay. scholarship so at boise state it shows that like an out-of-state student is getting roughly thirty three thousand six hundred dollars per year to come to school and get their education paid for and live and then that's also they have their um I guess, what would they call the meal compensation? Like a per diem for meals yes, or something? Yes, per diem, yeah. good. Okay, see, this is why I brought you on here. You have better vocabulary than me. <laughs> so, okay, so they get their per diem. But it, tuition is different for every school that you go to. Like, that's the that's the thing. So when I hear that argument, oh, they get their, their scholarships paid for, that's how they're getting paid is they get a free education. Okay, well, every scholarship's different. You know, Boise State, they have you know a lower tuition for a public university. Ohio State's, you know, just a little bit higher than that. It's about 44000 per year out of state students then ucla is about fifty nine thousand out of state this is all come from usa today um as far as my uh my facts are concerned so wait what was boise state again 30 33, yeah out of state and tuition. then what was ucla fifty nine thousand per year okay so that's like what that's twenty six thousand dollars more which is significant um i wonder i don't know i don't keep up on minimum wage but what's the difference between minimum wage in california and idaho I wouldn't be able to tell you that. I it's I would imagine it's a little bit you different. You keep talking. I'm going to Google that while you're talking through this. Okay. I'm going to see what percentage that is. Okay. Okay. So Miles is going to Google that. So we're talking about scholarships specifically. Students, student athletes are getting their scholarships. If you guys just take a second to to hear me out here, thirty thirty three thousand six hundred dollars for tuition uh, for someone to go to school at Boise State University. Just to give you guys an idea, that's a that's about what an average job would pay you here, like a little over entry level wage. Um, you're looking anywhere from 30 to 35 to $40,000 a year. Well, these kids are getting their education paid for, which is roughly the same amount, same value. So these scholarships are about the same. And depending on where you go and which school you go to, some some have higher tuition than others. But uh, I mean, realistically, to me, $33,600 
um, in value for a scholarship is about what you know somebody would make it's 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 a very comparable to the it's very comparable to the wages that people make around the valley here in idaho so miles is going to be googling that and finding the minimum wage for california and talk about the percentages now one other thing i want to talk about as well is the athletes so not every athlete brings in a ton of a ton of money like not every athlete's johnny football johnny manzel from texas a&m he was bringing in a ton of ton of exposure ton of money um do you have the numbers there let's let's yeah. let's talk so about that the percentage differences so california to idaho it's 31 percent difference between minimum wage so in california it's 1050 and idaho at 725 so boise state is thirty three thousand six hundred dollars ucla is fifty nine thousand that's a 43 percent difference so there is a little bit of a gap between like minimum wage and uh like school but i think that kind of shows you like it's a it's the difference is cost of living right like right if it costs more to live in la than it does than it costs to live in uh boise and I, i'm sure actually that 43 percent um is really not that much because to live in la is probably astronomical like that's why all the californians are selling their homes to move to idaho because they can buy a brand new house for the same money they were living in a two-bedroom half a bathroom apartment like i mean it's true that we're getting run over by all the Californians yeah. up here. It's, so, it's I mean, true. They're, the differences are there for a reason. So yeah. I just don't think that that's really necessarily valid. And then, like, if it's that point, like, well, Boise State doesn't pay me as much as UCLA for my education, be a better football player and get a scholarship from UCLA or from Ohio State. Like, it, it's a – you get paid – like, the bigger universities cost more to go to, but they also have a better football program or better sports program, and so you have to be a better player to get there. Like – there's a difference in education level. There's a difference in athletics. I so, like it. I can respect that. Um, let's talk about like the athletes and let's let's assume. Let's just say. Let's say the NCAA decides the schools aren't going to pay it. We're going we're going to just pay it all out with the revenue and and all of our profit that we make from sports. And we were talking about Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel was bringing in a ton of money for Texas A&M when correct. he was there. Right. He his you know his his morals and his you know his stunts in the public they're not there's those are things that you could question you know but his athletic ability at the time that he was in college and the exposure he brought to the school was second to none he had all this money coming in um but not everybody has that so let's say you got you got an offensive tackle at boise state university no offense to anybody who's an offensive tackle at boise state university but they're not as well known as johnny manzel over at texas a&m but if the ncaa decides they're going to pay how in the heck are they going to distribute the money equally amongst them do you like what that to me i was trying to think about that like the ncaa should have a flat line across the board for all athletes but it just doesn't make sense to me like there's no way to to actually do that because one person is bringing in a lot of money to the schools and the other person is not that's that's my thoughts on that yeah that one's tough i don't know exactly how they would you know split that up because like you said you know the left tackle is not going to sell as much as the star quarterback but that's the same in any business right like uh the chief marketing officer gets paid he's an executive so he's going to get paid three hundred thousand dollars a year and he's barking out orders and the person that's actually doing everything is going to be getting paid forty thousand dollars a year like the same amount of work like both those people are needed to make that company successful just like the left tackle is needed and the quarterbacks need to make that team successful but it's just i don't know like life's just not fair so like (laughs) that bleeds over into sports like sports isn't fair like the center is just as important as the left tackle in the nfl but tell me a center that's making as much as the left tackle there's not one exactly 
Like quarterbacks are more essential to winning, right? They they are they're everything in football. Right. Like if you have a good quarterback, you build around it. But that's just that's the way it is. That's like, the way that's yeah. the way it goes. Um, so here's the thing. So at, at this point, we're talking about you know they're already getting paid through their scholarships. That's just kind of how it is. If you want to, if you want to go to a bigger school, play better football, but they're getting paid through their scholarships. So what miles is saying is that they shouldn't be paid an additional fund, like additional funds for the money that's coming into the schools. What a lot of people don't also realize is the fact that while the schools, like for instance, uh, checking it on ESPN.com, they were talking about the expenses and well, they talk about the revenue that, uh, the different sporting, um, programs bring into the school so i'll compare texas a&m again because that was the top and then i'll compare it to boise state since that's where we both went to texas a&m in 2015 and 2016 this is all sports programs not just football but the majority of it comes through football because it's its major program 194 million three hundred eighty eight thousand four hundred and fifty dollars was brought in so 194 mil brought in through their athletic programs boise state university 46 million six hundred eleven dollars uh, sorry, $46,611,688. The thing is, is yeah, we see those numbers, but if you go on there and you look at the expenses, um, some of the schools are actually in a deficit. And what I was reading up on was the fact that, yeah, while these schools have a lot of money coming in, there's also a lot of money that they have to spend to get these recruits to come in there. Rutgers was an example I saw. Um, they put together this they extended their football stadium, and now I guess they're in a $36 million deficit still because the whole point of building and spending the money was the idea of bringing more money in in the long run just like any business kind of makes it's like you have to spend to make money um and then auburn i guess they built this huge screen that you could see from close to 30 miles away is what they said uh they spent a ton of money on that and people were arguing well if you can spend the money on that then why don't you pay your players well it's because they're actually at a deficit in the in the athletic program because there's a lot of expenses that go on to that what i want to get into is the ex- one of those expenses is traveling when i was talking with you about this a couple weeks back you mentioned the experiences that these players get to have you might not be getting paid in dollars but you get these experiences and you mentioned traveling and i kind of want to see what you say about the other experiences i want you to let the listeners know what are the experiences that a student athlete gets that maybe you didn't get as a you know a normal student a non-traditional student but you were just you were a student at the university paying your own education what are the differences like the experiences they have yeah so hope this doesn't come across as like woe is me that's not how this is supposed to be like woe is me i like my experience was awesome because like a i mentally told myself this is going to be awesome and you know i made it awesome like but if you ask my wife okay what trips did you guys go on when you were going to school i really can't maybe lagoon in utah so a five-hour drive for us like so there's our experience traveling right um these athletes right so boise state virginia virginia tech they, you know, so Washington, D.C., Atlanta, Georgia, Arizona, uh, California, San Diego, Hawaii, Nevada. I mean, yeah, Reno, gross. But <laughs> they had all these different places that they've traveled to. And I mean, I'm sure when they go there, it's not like a vacation or anything like that. But when they go to these bowl games, it kind of is like they're they're doing their walkthroughs. They're having a good time. Um, so just the traveling alone, like and that's not free to a school. It's not cheap to a school. It costs money to take these players places. And so that's one thing that I think that they're getting to experience that many others aren't. So they're traveling all over the country, sometimes the world. And I mean, that's pretty awesome. I think if they were to sit there and say like, wow, like I'm in Hawaii, I'm 21 years old, I'm in Hawaii, I'm getting fed, I'm getting taken around to all these cool places for a few days, you know, after practice, like 
That's pretty rad. And I could be wrong because I don't know what they do, right? I've never been a student athlete, so I don't know what they're doing when they're there. But if they are doing those things and they take the time to realize it, they have some pretty rad experiences. No, absolutely. They're like once-in-a-lifetime opportunities. Like you mentioned, Hawaii is – like I know that Boise State's team uh, went there a few times when I was in school. Obviously, they, they would play Hawaii, and they get to go to see Pearl Harbor and stuff like that. And this is on top of getting their education paid for. Yes. Uh, this is on top of that. So these are those once-in-a-lifetime opportunities, not to mention the people they meet. It's the networking. They get to meet some of the, the coolest people, especially in the sports world, which is what their passion is, obviously. So – that's one thing um, you brought up was the networking. Networking's huge. Um, I know that you told me when you were in when you were in school that like that was one of the biggest things you take away. And I always tell people that too. Like while your education is good in its own way, at times, sometimes that that education kind of like the, what's more important, and more valuable in today's world at times is the networking you do while you're in a university. You meet professors, you meet all these people that come through. These student athletes get to meet a ton of people, guest speakers that come in and talk to them during their practices, people they get to meet when they're on the road. If they go to a bowl game, they probably have somebody come in and talk to them there too. They're going to meet all these cool people, not to mention other athletes that are probably going to make the NFL or NBA or whatever sport it may be. They just network. And that's on top of the once in a lifetime opportunities, these traveling events and the friggin' school education that they're getting. And that's all paid for. This yeah. is all on top of its domino effect. Like I think the networking is bigger than anything like you mentioned i think it's bigger than the school i think it's bigger than the experiences like there's that one saying it's like your net worth it, it equals that to like oh, i'm gonna totally destroy this quote but like your net worth is the average of your five most closest like people or acquaintances right and so like actually a few months ago i was sitting there and i was thinking okay like what what are the three most important things for me to be successful and to be happy? And number one, I actually have it right in front of me because I it, it's just in one of these books that I carry around. And the first thing I put was surroundings. Like it is your surroundings, no doubt. Mm -hmm. Like the networking, they're building, oh man, I would kill for the networking they were able to have. Like I had to leave my old job, take a pay cut, come to this new place where I work to have the possibility of networking with people that I want to be around. And so these people don't even have to do that. They don't have to pay, take a pay cut. They get to play sports, do what they love, and network. I see. And the, and the thing is, is to go along with that, all these experiences that they're having, some of these kids wouldn't even be in school if they didn't know how to play sports. So they're not realizing. I think they – I don't want to say – well, I do want to say it. It's entitlement. They think that, that because they're so good at sports, they should have this and this and this. They're going to these schools. These schools are bringing them in to their universities, giving them these opportunities – simply because they can play sports. How many people do we know can hardly pass a class, but they can play great football? So these kids like don't realize that it's football or basketball or whatever sport it may be that's bringing them in there, and they're not taking advantage of all these things. Granted, you bring up great points. These are the things they get paid with, quote-unquote paid, right? Yeah. They're getting paid with all of these things, which is much more valuable than, let's say, $100,000 a year, which brings me to my next point. Let's talk about money. Let's assume they do get paid, right? I'm reading up in an article, and they they talk about the average scholarship is what did they say forty five thousand dollars a year, um, and then well two thousand twenty thousand dollars for room and board, which seems about right for Boise State or a little bit more, um, and then forty five thousand dollars tuition. Out, this is all out of state tuition, right? Mm -hmm. So sixty five thousand dollars on average for a person to come to school full ride scholarship with room and board, and they pay. Let's say they, they scratch the scholarship and say, okay, well, you're going to come play sports for us. You're going to make 
you know, the school's going to make some money off of you guys because of the, the athletics. So we're just going to give you a hundred thousand dollars. We're going to pay you a hundred thousand dollars. Miles, what is the, like, so whenever you make an income, what happens with the money that you're making at work? It's taxed. Ding, ding, ding. It's taxed. And do you know the percentages or just any kind of idea of like what you get taxed okay. on average? Isn't like, your wife an accountant or something? Yeah. But it doesn't rub off on me or anything, but like, <laughs> I think, so if you're, if they give him a hundred thousand dollars, and I don't know like anything like that, but if I'm going off of like trying to think of relevance to like my paychecks, they're probably taking home after uh, taxes and maybe medical. I don't know what all is covered, but probably 65 to 73 percent is what they're taking home. So if they're getting a hundred thousand dollars, let's see if if they're lucky, they're taking home seventy thousand dollars, and then mm-hmm. twenty of that you just said goes to room and board, mm-hmm. and then how much of that goes to school? Uh, 45000 for the tuition portion. Okay, so they're left with, if they're lucky, they're left with $5,000. If they're not lucky, they're left with $0. That's not a lot, just in case anybody's wondering. That's, that's no monies. <laughs> so <laughs> so it's, it's actually a really interesting point to bring it up because people don't think logically. We said this earlier, like when we're, we're bringing up this topic, a lot of people speak on emotion. They don't think logically. There's no way you can give a kid a scholarship and give them additional money. So that's the first thing. Okay, You're not, the schools aren't going to give you a full ride scholarship, and then here's a hundred thousand dollars on top of it. They're going to go one or the other if they were to do this. This is our argument. They give them a hundred thousand dollars. It's taxed, just like Miles said. They're not going to come home with a lot of money. And in fact, it's not it's not smart for the student for one because they're not going to have a lot of money to spend because whatever's gone is gone. Then, like if they don't have any money, they don't have any money to spend for food. They don't have any of that. So like. They're probably not going to have their meal compensation, stuff like that. And then for the school, they might as well just give them the $65,000 worth of, you know, a scholarship instead of paying the individual $100,000 because it's $35,000 more. So it doesn't make sense for the school. It definitely doesn't make sense for the student. Now, let's assume that, like, these kids get – let's just say that they pay the athletes a ton of money and they they come out and let's just say they have, like, $100,000 just to spend. How many kids do you know – how many kids do you know – could handle a hundred thousand dollars when they're 18 years old like honestly probably none like there's very 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 few like i'm still blown away i'm almost 30 and i'm still blown away when i talk to people you know my age my friends and it's like you know money comes up when you're at this age and it's like wait you don't have any money in savings like not a penny like they're 30 years old and they're not responsible with the money how is how is an 18 year old going to be responsible with their money like there's the few that will be smart with it, but probably not most. Like if I think back to when I was 18, I was saving money, but I was also buying stupid stuff. Right. And like, I don't, I don't think I'm special. I don't think I'm abnormal, but I was saving large amounts from each paycheck, even at 18. I've always been frugal and cheap. And you can ask any of our other friends, you know, I have alligator arms at the table. Someone else is going to pay for that bill, not me. Like, so that's just how my mind works. Right. Cheap. No, and it, but you're you're smarter than the average bear when it comes to that. False. <laughs> okay. So you're decent with your money, as you said. Like, you, you know how to save. But if we even look at, like, that documentary, do you remember that 30 for 30 broke? Yeah, totally. So, that was awesome. It was one of the best ones I've ever watched. And, in fact, I love watching it still. Um, it talks about the professional athletes and how they don't know how to spend their money. They're professional athletes, so when they get to the pro rank, they don't know how to spend their money. Um, I think they mentioned Cam Newton. Uh, didn't know how to cash a check. Now, a lot of this, I think, falls on the universities. I think they need to let the kids have some real-life experiences. I think the kids need to learn how to, like, cash a check, open up a bank account. Granted, when you're on scholarship, they're not allowed to work. 
um, for, they can't make an additional income. There's a certain percentage you can work each day and, and, and throughout the year off in the off season. So you're not allowed to actually make an additional income. So I think there are some limits to these, these student athletes. Um, that part I think is garbage. So what would you do if you, if you wanted to fix it, would you allow this, them to kind of be like, just give them free reign and say, if you want to go work for your money, as long as you're getting your other work done and you're coming to practice every day and you're doing, and you're performing, you can do it. Yeah. And I think, you know, you probably have the, well, I'm already practicing 40 hours a week i'm going to school the other hours like i don't have time to do anything else which totally get that like but i did that you did that. right like, I, we went and did side jobs to make additional money while working 40 hours while going to school full-time so there is that but i think the student athlete should totally be allowed to monetize their name their brand like if that takes away from how they perform on the field or in the classroom then obviously there's you know repercussions for that right like you start right. taking away their scholarship or they have to pay for it or you they lose their scholarship altogether right but they should have the ability to monetize their own name and brand um you know maybe not through the school's apparel or things like that but there's no reason johnny manzel shouldn't have been able to take on sponsorships right like he was the biggest name in football for a year like nfl or college like it was johnny football so i think he should have been able to monetize his name any way that he wanted to i totally agree um and that was that's that brings up another point like if they're going to get paid, let it be with what they're doing on the side. You know, not necessarily the sport that they're playing. They're already getting their scholarships. They're already getting everything we've spoken about prior to this. But if they want to do something on the side, let them be paid for that. This uh, UCF kicker, this just happened two or three weeks the ago. YouTube guy, right? Yes, yeah. YouTube guy. So basically, for anybody who doesn't know what was going on here, the kicker over at UCF uh, lost his scholarship and is kicked off the football team because he was um, he was monetizing off of his YouTube videos. And the reason he lost his scholarship is because he was doing YouTube videos on his life as a student athlete, which to me personally, I find that intriguing. I would watch that. Me too. That's amazing. I think everybody should be able to watch that. Like, what's the life of a student athlete so that we can have a better idea of what they go through every day? Yeah, maybe we're totally off. Exactly. And if we are, we're sorry. If we're not, then we're not. Well, here's the thing, though. Like, that that guy has a great idea, which is why he probably was making money off of it, because people probably wanted to watch stuff like that. And the school says, no, you're using your your status as a student athlete to make money. Can't do that. whoopity do. loses his scholarship. Why can't they use their status? So that's what blows my mind. Like, I... There's just these arguments like, uh, I'm on the side, don't pay the athlete, but why put them in a box? Let them do what they want to do to make additional money. Like half these guys could make a killing just signing stuff and selling it. Like didn't AJ Green get in trouble for signing a jersey? Signing back? a jersey. Yeah. Dude, let him do that. Like let him monetize his name or his signature. Like, ah. Uh. It, 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 it bothers me too because I'm a Buckeye fan. Terrell Pryor went through a similar situation. He was selling his, you know, his – his memorabilia from his games for tattoos and then he gets suspended and there was a whole fiasco and didn't come back so while people thought that was crazy i was like dude it's his stuff he can do what he wants if he wants to sell it for to get a tattoo let him sell it to get a tattoo it's not affecting him anybody else like it's not affecting anybody Seriously. so that's where i get a little bit frustrated i think we're on the same page though as far as paying their like you know astronomical amounts of money for the sport that they're playing no but if they're going to go out there and try to work for it uh, a guy from lsu uh did 
Forex trading. And he didn't get in trouble for that. So I actually am curious to read more up on. Yeah, I remember this guy. He was, was he the offensive lineman or whatever? Like Something he started, like that. Everyone was coming to him because he was just killing. He wasn't he making like 200 grand or. He was making uh, a lot of money. Yeah, it was, was it, slaying we, it. There was an article on like Sports Illustrated or something about him. He was doing Forex trading, learned how to do trading while he was in college. And that's what he would do in between classes and stuff. And I guess he didn't get in trouble for it. And he came out and talked about it. And maybe he did. I don't know. But it didn't seem like he did. So for I'm people, curious. That's like the foreign exchange. That's where you buy different currencies and sell it on blips, like lows, buys on, buy, sell on highs, buy on lows. Uh, but he, I remember reading that article. That, I think you sent it to me. That was a sweet. It was article. actually really cool. Uh, Miles will be doing a podcast this week. Uh, actually, tonight he's going to record it on forex trading and the ins and outs and how you do it 100. <laughs> percent Yeah, if you guys want to um, lose all your money, listen to that. <laughs> so I mean, I think we're coming down to the point of yes, uh, they should be able to monetize off of stuff that they they do themselves. If they're going to, you know do their job and they're going to work, but they can still get their job done as, as a student athlete. I don't find a problem with that. I do not find a problem with that at all. Um, the only other thing would be, you have to find a way like that. You're going to run into this issue because the, the women's sports versus men's sports, uh, saga, it, it it's never going to end. Um, they're, they fear the, they feel like they're treated unfairly, but, um, Let's just compare. How many how many women's basketball games do you go to at Boise State? We're not trying to like dog women's sports. I've already done a podcast on this and discussed the struggles, but just be real. How many women's basketball games did you go to when you were at school? Women's basketball. Yeah, games? women's basketball games. Be honest. I went to zero. Zero. Okay, that's not any different than the majority of the valley here in Boise, Idaho. Um, I think they averaged last year because when in my class they actually did a project on women's basketball. They were having like four hundred people come to the games each game. That's very low so what that means so for anybody who wants to understand like to open up the arena and have the lights going and all the sound systems and all that stuff it costs the exact same amount of money as it does for the the men's sports to come and play like the men's basketball team it's the exact same it's the same as the WNBA and the professional level it costs the exact same to travel they have to fly them to places it's the same expenses but they're not bringing in the ticket sales or anything like that so they're not making the money for the school whereas the football team and the basketball team generate the revenue to pay for that 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 deficit that the women's sports are in yeah i think ah man i'm I'm probably blaspheming again but i think there's only like five colleges in the country where a program outside of their football program makes money so i think like duke north carolina basketball make money and a few others but like the only money they really make is from football they like you said they run in a deficit in every other sports it costs money to do all those things and so women's basketball men's basketball women's softball men's baseball uh boise state just cut the wrestling team because it wasn't mm-hmm. wasn't profitable and like just yeah sorry but no that's right and i think you, can, you guys can google that and find some information on it there are very few schools in the country yeah please please fact check everything you hear there's probably like show. 400 schools all across i don't even know if there's 400 schools that exist but yeah again fact check yeah there's fact check we don't talk the only thing that's 400 is 400 errors on this podcast we probably just <laughs> everything's wrong if you guys want to do a podcast on all the errors i'd be <laughs> down to uh, sponsor it for you as long as you shout out my name yeah, me so too. to finish up here um we wanted to well, real quick i mean did we cover everything that you wanted to i know like yeah I'm here's the thing i feel here. like we we you can almost talk yourself into a circle on this topic, right? Yes. Like it, it almost is like situational. Uh, I don't know, man. It really is like it's a player by player basis almost, but at the same time, it's not because, like, 
Well, no, I, it's, it is true. I just wanted to have an open forum, basically, and kind of use some of the arguments that everybody uses to finish up, though. I kind of want to ask you a question, Miles. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're coming out of high school, um, you, you get to work with a lot of entrepreneurs. Uh, we won't mention names or anything, but you get to see the entrepreneur lifestyle. And a lot of these people don't go to college. Some of them just decide they're going to they're gonna go and make their own, yep. their own money. If you're coming out of high school and you want to, and you're good at something, do you think you should have to go to college before you can actually get into that profession? Oh, uh, no. Okay. I don't. And I think, I think I know where you're going with this. So I'll let you take us there. Okay. Well, I mean, so that's the, that's the issue. That's why I kind of did a, I did a podcast about the one and done rule that the NBA made for, for basketball players. And the NFL has their own rule where you have to be three years removed from high school to be able to get into the league. So these kids are almost in a sense forced to go to school. There's a lot that don't, they're not, they don't care about school. Um, we know that a lot of them don't even go to class when they're there. They just stay academically eligible during the season and they bounce when they're ready to go, especially the basketball players, Ben Simmons being one of them. You know, do you think that these rules of, you know, forcing these kids to go to school is a good thing um, if they're not going to pay them? If they're good enough to already go in, at the professional level and make money doing it, wh- I mean, do you want these rules to stay in, in, in place or do you think we should remove them then? Uh, uh. I think they should be removed, right? Like, if a player wants to skip college and go straight to his professional, like, or his profession, whether that's the NBA or the NFL, I mean, uh, Major League Baseball, you can go straight and play professional baseball. You don't mm-hmm. have to go to college. I mean, there is a lot of levels you have to go through, but I think if they want to skip college and go straight there, go for it. Like, if I want to start a business, I don't have to go to college and learn about entrepreneurship to start a business. I can just go do it. And I think, you know, there's a lot of other people who can do the same thing. They don't have to do certain things to achieve their dreams. And I think that the rules in place that students have to go to college, I understand that some of them are for uh, their benefit, Mm -hmm. to help their bodies mature, to help their minds mature, to help all those different things. But I feel if they don't want to go to school, they shouldn't have to. I'm with you on that. Uh, that's something I've been tossing back and forth in my head. Uh, while it would be, been, especially in football, you're going to, yeah, you have to protect the individual. They're going into a league of guys that are bigger, faster, and stronger. But my belief is this. I mean, there's a very small percentage, according to the NCAA, you know, uh, their stats that came out, very, very small percentage of athletes, like 4% of football players or even less, go to the pros and stuff. So these guys that are ready to go to the pros, the ones that will play professionally will play professionally. The ones who won't, won't. Um, so I think that, in any sport, you should be allowed to just go and do it, especially if the school isn't even going to allow you to monetize off of your own content that you're producing on YouTube, crying out loud. So I think that's where the, the issue lies is those those rules that are set in place. And who knows, maybe one day we'll see something change or maybe one day we'll see a change in the rule for them to allow you to do a YouTube video or YouTube channel and monetize off of that. I, I think that there will be changes in the in the near future though. So. Before we get going, uh, Miles, do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share with us? My parting words is the NCAA needs to review a lot of its policies and procedures like it, it, uh, from top to bottom. If a player declares and they don't get drafted, I think they should have the ability to go back to college and mature and grow both physically and mentally and you know academically. And that rule, I hate. I hate a lot of other rules. So I think in the end, you know, the NCAA has a lot of evaluating to do. Should they pay student-athletes, if you ask me? No. Should they change some other things? Yes. We're going to go ahead and end the show today with you guys. We appreciate you listening in. But before we do, Miles, will you give one more, you know, 
shout out about your own station so that the listeners can remember where to find you at. <laughs> yeah, so you can find my YouTube or iTunes podcast at 60 Days to Living. That's 60 Days to Living without any spaces. Find him on YouTube for his vlog and find him on iTunes. Guys, you want to follow Miles. If you like entrepreneurship, you like side hustles, you just want to follow a, a normal guy that is getting the job done, you want to follow his stuff. He's got some good stuff coming for you in the future. Um, for us right now, we'd like to say thanks for listening in. And once again, I'm Shane Larson, the host of the Game Time Guru. We'll talk to you next week.